are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Joni, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you, Yannicka. I'm really excited to have you back. We had an interview back in 2021. I think it was titled The Truth Will Come Out, uh, and you gave some predictions. It got very popular. So we might have time for some predictions today as well, hopefully. Okay. But I wanted to dive even deeper than we did the last time and look at Vedic astrology that you're passionate about, that you work with in relation to soul's calling, soul's plan, and our soul in in general. And Vedic astrology is something you're super passionate about. I'm just so fascinated about how much material you're making all the time. You have a huge YouTube channel. I think you have 18 million uh, views or something like that. You have a magazine Mm -hmm. and you have a university. And yeah, it seems like you're producing content constantly. So Mm -hmm. Why are you so passionate about this? And uh, what are the benefits of learning about Vedic astrology? Well, Vedic astrology is, it really does talk to the soul because this is the true placements of where the planets are 
astronomically. And Vedic astrology, when you draw up a chart, I look at it as the blueprint of everything you have ever been in all of your past lives. And they say it is soul-based astrology. It talks to your soul and that's who we really are. Whereas Western tropical astrology will talk to your personality, the, the surface of who you are. Vedic astrology takes you to the soul level because when we draw up a chart, it is actually the sum accumulation of everything. I mean everything you have ever been in all of your lifetimes and even including the re re recent past in your life because those planets and their placements are actually telling us not only who you are, but everything you have been in your past lives, all surmounted, accumulated. And with this blueprint, you can actually see what it is you're here to do, your destiny, your purpose, most of all, your gifts, your talents, because what have we really acquired from all of our past lives? Well, it's karma, but a lot of it is good karma, which the things you've developed in a past would be your talents. That is easily seen in a chart, your talents. But most of all, I believe you can see the issues you're here to heal. And if you really want to change and be conscious and be aware, you can look at your chart objectively to see what it is that you really need to change because most people on an unconscious level, and most of us for the most part were unconscious, that's okay, it's just the way that things are here. But when you take it to your unconsciousness and you don't try to open to be conscious, you're gonna repeat the same karmic issues over and over and over again. And it's like when you see issues in a chart where someone's going to have great difficulty in marriage or relationships, they brought that from a past life and it is a lesson they've come here to learn in this life. But when we become conscious and aware and we see what it's all about, then we can take the responsibility to change it and that breaks the chain of the karma that keeps going from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. So this is the beautiful thing about it, that we can become conscious and aware of who we really are and what we've come here to learn and change so that we can pretty much transcend these issues that have kind of kept us in chains. Like, you know, they say that, that, there's such a thing called moksha. And moksha in Vedic astrology means spiritual liberation from this world. And that's what we're here to learn and discover about ourselves. Because ultimately, that's what we're all here for, to transcend, to learn, to grow, and most of all, grow spiritually. That's what I think the Vedic chart is here to teach us. Very fascinating. Uh, and I understand why you're so passionate about it, because it can teach us so much, you know, yeah. it can show us so much about ourselves. So uh, share with us, uh, if you can, you know, your first experience of seeing your chart and how that helped you in your life. 
That's that's a great question. And here's another thing. And of course, I'm getting excited thinking about it. But we have something called divisional charts in Vedic astrology. And they are very mathematical. That was another thing that really sold me on the Vedic, the mathematical calculations. Because when I wrote my first book, which was actually in 2003, I wanted to write a book to make Vedic astrology more accessible and more understandable for the common Westerner. So I called it Eastern Astrology for Western Minds. So when I wrote this book, I decided I have to learn all the calculations behind the charts, behind the divisional charts, not just using a computer program that calculates the charts. And when I did this, it really taught me so much about how mathematical, how scientific truly Vedic astrology is. So what I'm getting at are the divisional charts. There's this chart called the Navamsha. And the Navamsha is the D9, and everything is divided up in nine segments. So I won't get into the math here. But what I found in that chart, in my chart, for example, I have the sun in Libra. Now, remember, I was born November 8th, so my sun tropically in Western chart is in Scorpio, but it falls back to Libra. And Libra is actually, the sun there is debilitated. And it in my chart, it rules the third house. The third house is your willpower. It's your ability to communicate with people. So the planet that ruled my ability to communicate with people and my self-confidence is the sun and it's debilitated. And I have to tell you, I was really shy, really inhibited, and so scared to talk publicly that I would just freeze up but in the Navamsha chart, this division that actually predicts how we evolve, how we grow, and it actually tells us who we become in the second part of our life. And believe it or not, the second part of our life is in our 40s. A lot of people think it's your 30s. But let me just say this. My Navamsha chart never made sense to me till I reached my 40s. In this chart, the sun goes to its exaltation sign. So it went from the worst sign to the best sign, which is actually Aries, in this divisional chart. And I find it so fascinating that I came out of those insecurities and became confident to even public speak. So you can see that in the chart. And that was one of my experiences to really see how these charts are different and give such explicit information about how we develop and who we are. How specific or how set in stone uh, is, do you believe our destiny is? Because you have probably seen so many charts and you probably give, I don't know if you give readings to people, uh, but you've probably seen a bunch of them. And I'm wondering about, you know, our destiny in general. Yeah. How set in stone is it? And am I meant to be meeting this? Ma'am, this one soul, do I have a soul contract with yes. this one soul or can it be another guy or uh, is it more general like, you know, I'm going to work with something around communication that can be so many things. So, yeah, what's your perception of that? How specific it, it really is? Okay, that is a fabulous question because this leads me to the question of free will. 
because what, how much free will do we really have? Is everything predestined and meant to happen? And my answer to that is a lot of things are predestined and meant to happen because we set that karma in line from our past lives. So it, we're here to learn something. We set that up. This is our karma. And so if I could say this, now nobody knows the answer for sure about this, but this is from my analysis of what I've experienced. And I do have a lot of experience from reading charts for over 40 years. So what I'm going to say to that is that probably around, now this is an estimation, around 75% of our life is predestined. Things are meant to happen because that is where we are meant to learn from. But from those experiences, we have the opportunity to change it. As these experiences happen, what do we do with them? That is our free will. And I wanna say probably there's 25% of our life that is completely free will based. So we have the option to choose. Now, do I know exactly what is predestined and what is free will? Probably not, but I do take into account that probably I'm gonna take everything as free will because we don't know exactly what options will be free will. But when something big happens, something that is life-changing, the way we work with it in this lifetime sets the road to our karma in the future. So we do have a free will in how we choose and how we re react to the events that are going to happen. And for the most part, most of the people we come in contact with, like our spouses, yes, there's tons of karma involved with them. Why is it we would come together with someone we had absolutely no relationship with or karma before? We're always coming together, I believe, in the same circle of people because we created karma for good and bad in the past. And we're working it out. But we have the free will and the opportunity most definitely to choose our reactions and how we're going to change our future karma based on how we react and our choices today. It's huge. We have a lot of free will, and we've got to take that into account that that is what we're here to do, to have, because chances are we keep reacting the same way, and we keep getting the same result, and our life is almost like, from lifetime to lifetime, a dog chasing its tail. Can we break out of that? and see a different reaction. Yes, through becoming conscious and aware, spiritually aware. This is how we break the chain of events and we grow spiritually. Super, super interesting. Um, what I'm curious about that I don't completely understand, because in my head, this makes sense that, okay, I live a few past lives, then in a way, I die and I'm in the afterlife or the middle life and I plan to go down again on earth because I want to expand more. And then I can imagine that I would like to do something completely different, meet a new soul group, other people, uh, explore other areas and not just jump back to all my karma. Uh, I think it's so weird that when we die that we we sort of, it feels like we're 
quite free of the karma on the other side from the near-death experiences. I've heard that, you know, you feel this bliss and so much love and you're forgiven for everything. And it just seems like you're such in a beautiful state. But then we jump back to life again and all the karma comes back. <laughs> yes. I love, I love that. I have a good answer for that. Oh, great. When we change our conscious awareness, that is when we break that pattern with the people, with the past, and that is when we experience the newness of new people, new experiences. But generally, that can be when we transcend this world and go beyond this world because you have to know there's more than this world. There's many, many dimensions and worlds. This particular place, it's beautiful. Earth is magnificent and it's beautiful. And I believe we've come here to love everything on this planet. And when we do that, when we come to that spiritual revelation that we're here to experience only love and to love everything on this planet, then we transcend it. Then we don't have that chain anymore that bounds us to coming back with the same patterns. So you see, it's a spiritual awakening that opens that door of exactly what you're, what you're expressing, what you want. And that comes through love. And I've heard you say before, it's when we learn to love ourselves. And when we truly learn to love ourselves, everything about ourselves, then that love extends outwardly. And we attract a different group of people that reflect that love that we have. And that's where the change happens. That's where the miracles happens. And that's where the transcendence happens. Does that make any sense to you, Janneke? Absolutely. And it does also make sense uh, that uh, it's sort of built this way that karma, you know, karma is not anything negative either, because I feel right. like we are here to experience duality and darkness exactly. and light. And we shouldn't judge, you know, the ego or the darkness because it has a purpose. And it makes sense that when you have accumulated something, it needs to be resolved. Like it seems right. like. You cannot have something that's not res being resolved just laying there. It needs to be tied up. So it does make sense coming back again and again. But like you're also saying, we could resolve it in other dimensions as well. We could resolve it uh, in in the afterlife. That that could be possible as well. Right. So let me make a point here that you just made. This particular dimension and world is duality. Wherever there's the light, there's the dark. And we've come here to work things out in this dimension. It will never, this dimension will never be perfect because of the duality of the dark, the light, the evil, the good, the night, the day, the male, the female. It's all built around the issue of duality. And all the great saints and seers have always said, this world is where we work things out. So it's never going to be a Garden of Eden with everything perfect. That's also all the symbology in all the religious books. We're here to work out the things that we need to learn through. And that makes this world difficult. I mean, we have 
life and death. People get old, people die and there's sickness. We will never avoid all of those dark things or difficult things in life. And that's why this world is a world of working and learning and growing. It will never be perfect. But once we understand all of this, we become conscious and aware. That is when we transcend this world. And yes, there's other vibrational frequencies that are going to be where there's not this duality. But this is the world of duality. Yeah, yeah, it makes a, makes a lot of sense. And I, I used to want, want to get rid of my ego. I, I remember... I think it was 15 years ago where I was in these spiritual circles where that was the teaching that the goal was to get rid of 50% of my ego. And today I'm thinking totally differently. I really see the value in it, the value mm -hmm. in the contrast and accepting that everything has an opposite. And it's a totally new way of seeing things, but it helps me not having so much resistance to everything yes. that's within me, you know? Yes. Uh, I wanted to jump into numbers. I don't know if you can answer this, but I saw you had a few videos and also a playlist on numerology uh, on your YouTube channel. So uh, we have the chart, the Vedic chart that is individual for then our soul. Do we also have certain numbers that, for instance, you are connected with and I'm connected with? Because I saw a near-death experience. Someone had this experience where he said that his number was 66. And that came up on the other side also that his daughter said, you know, I'm going to be born on the 66th day of something. So, mm -hmm. and I see 22 everywhere. I, I'm, I'm laughing now because I see it all the time and I'm taking picture of it and mm -hmm. I saw that you had a video about the magical number of three so could you say something about do we have our numbers sort of part of this chart this individual chart that we might have some individual numbers that are important to us as well okay well <clears throat> numbers are simply a vibration and everything on earth is a vibration everything's a frequency everything is energy and Tesla, Nikola Tesla said that if people could understand the power of the numbers three, six, and nine, they would understand the makings of the universe, how the universe is. I want to add to that the number 12, because this is all astrological. And when you look at three, six, and nine, actually in Vedic astrology, remember I was talking about the divisional chart. The Navamsha, well, it's the D9 chart, and it divides up the signs into nine segments and nine portions. And actually, when you take these nine divisions of the Navamsha, it equates to the whole chart will equate to 108. So the 108 number is the spiritual number used in Vedic astrology. So there's 108 Navamshas in the D9 chart. And if you'll note in spiritual texts that the mala, the prayer beads that they use in India to do their mantras and their prayers, there is 108 beads on all malas. And that equates to 
the, the number that it takes to create change. But it's all related into the numbers and you can actually see that in Vedic astrology. And that was where I really became aware of numbers through working with the mathematics of how the Navamsha chart is divided and mathematically put together. So there are the 27 nakshatras and even two and seven equals nine. There's always this equation that comes to the number nine and it's a very spiritual number, but the true essence that is related in Vedic astrology is 108. That's why you see so many people in their email addresses that are into Vedic uh, spirituality, they will have the number 108 because that's the magic number. But number, remember this, numbers are simply a vibration. As Nikola Tesla said, it is that, it is vibration, frequency, and energy. Those are everything that make up our universe, especially here on the physical plane. And remember, the universe is physical. I'm not talking about what goes beyond here, but it's all frequency. And they say that if you can change your frequency and speed up the frequency beyond the frequency of this planet, that that's how you transcend, or that's what people say when they just all of a sudden disappear and go into other dimensions. Now, I personally do, do not know anyone that's done that, but is a theory, I believe, that we are in this dimension based on the frequency that we vibrate to. But to answer your question, Numbers are frequencies, they're vibrations, and that's everything to truly understanding how things work in this universe. It, may, it makes sense. Uh, and, and the 22 I see, it's not just me, it's actually my family. So I, I just have a theory that uh, we're connected to numbers somehow. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, that number has a frequency and that's something that you're resonating to. I mean, you know as well as I do, number 11, 22, and 33 is said to be master numbers because of their frequency is so evolved. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you're seeing number 22. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, so I've heard a lot of people speak about that we're heading towards the age of Aquarius. And in my webinars where I have webinars uh, in Norwegian, where I talk about your soul's calling and waking up to your soul's mission. Uh, I speak about that. I don't think it's a coincidence that we're living right now, that you are living right now. I think that we really chose this time uh, with a specific purpose to live right now because it's, it's a very interesting time to live. And I think a lot of light workers are living right now and they want to come out with their mission and raise a vibration on the planet. And there's so many different traditions that are showing that we're in a great shift of consciousness. Mm -hmm. For instance, the Maya calendar, you know, that ended in 2012 or that was the calendar and people thought that would uh, mean that there's a great change. And I think it in the, um, uh, Toltec wisdom, uh, they talk about that we're going from the fifth to the sixth sun. I know the, um, the raw material uh, from the law one there, um, raw says that Gaia, Mother Earth, moved from, what was it, fourth density into 
fifth density in 2012. And then within astrology, we have the age of Aquarius. Uh, so I would love to hear about that. What is your take on that? And uh, what, what does the age of Aquarius mean to you? I love that because that's right up my alley because this is what Vedic astrology is about. And when I say Vedic astrology, the reason why it's even called Vedic astrology is because it's the oldest reference to astrology mentioned that comes from the Vedas. And the Vedas are the old ancient Indian scriptures. So what I want to say about the age of Aquarius, Vedic astrology takes into account that a perfect, what we call procession of the equinoxes. So procession simply means that the stars are moving and we call them fixed stars because the stars don't appear to move in a lifetime from our vantage point on earth, but they are actually moving and they're moving backwards in the zodiac and they move backwards one degree every 72 years. That's why we don't notice this shift. But over the course of 2000 years, the Zodiac has moved backwards so much that it is almost in Aquarius. So right now, so about 2000 years ago, tropical Western astrology and Vedic astrology, which is based on the stars, it's called sidereal. Sidereal means star. And the, the big difference here is that Vedic astrology uses the sidereal calculations, not the tropical cal calculations used in Western astrology. And trop tropical astrology is basically based on the sun and its movements, the seasons. But sidereal astrology used in Vedic uses the stars and their movements. And they've been moving backwards for, you know, they're always moving backwards. They're always moving. So it takes... It takes a really long time for the zodiacs to go completely through all 12 signs. And this is called procession. So if you consider it's going to take 26,000 years for the stars to go through all 12 signs of the zodiac and return to where they once were. So in this process right now, Actually, the, the starting part, point of the zodiac for sidereal astrology is around six degrees of Pisces. And so this moves the whole zodiac backwards from the tropical placements almost 24 degrees. So if you look at your Vedic chart compared to your Western chart, you're going to see that the signs fall backwards. Not quite a full sign. A full sign is 30 degrees. But most all the planets in the ascendant, everything falls backwards, a sign based on the movements of the... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Stars. So aside from all of that, when we look at the reference point of the Zodiac going from Pisces to Aquarius, this is exactly what you're talking about by moving into the age of Aquarius. So moving into the age of Aquarius, if we're, we are currently at six degrees of Pisces, then that means we have six degrees to finish out the sign of Pisces and move into Aquarius, the reference starting point of the Zodiac. And when that happens, we are in the age of Aquarius. That will set up completely different. And I want, want you to know that these ages of, I call them the ages of mankind, everyone pretty much does. This really does dictate the consciousness of the planet. So right now we're in the age of Pisces. And when 2000 years ago, when we entered into the age of Pisces, Pisces is symbol is the fish. And what is the symbol of Christianity? The fish. That's when it all came into being about 2000 years ago with the onset of the birth of Christ and Christianity. That's when all the churches were built. And really all around the world, the synagogues, the temples, everything became, I believe, into the, the realm of belief and religion. That's what the age of Pisces started. Now, when we go into the age of Aquarius, the saying for Aquarius is I know. And this comes from belief of having to have trust and faith to a knowingness, which I think is a much more advanced civilization and society. Absolutely. There's no doubt it's a knowingness. That's the age of Aquarius. But let me warn everyone, since Procession does move one degree every 72 years. If you put that together, six degrees left, we have quite a long time till we go into the age of Aquarius. Could be something like 400 and some odd years till we really get into the age of Aquarius. But let me say this, each age is about 1,200 years. We are getting so close to the age of Aquarius that we are starting to feel that. But we're still in that unknowingness of I know in the age of Pisces, but we are moving towards that age of Aquarius. And of course, this is why all the technology is becoming so advanced, because that's what Aquarius is all about. So you can see that well, it's interesting that Western astrology appreciates and recognizes procession in terms of the ages that we're moving into the age of Aquarius, but they don't take it into reference point of the individual birth chart. But I do because I think the Vedic chart tells us so much more about our soul essence, our purpose, our gifts, our talents, everything from a soul level. And I've heard this before. It's been a while, but um, when you said that uh, there's a cycle of 26 years, not 26,000 years, 
Was that what you said? Yes. Yeah, I've heard that before. And also in relation, I get this vision in my mind with this planet X or something that uh, is also in our solar system, apparently, uh, but it's far out. And I think that's connected to it too, that when that comes closer to the earth again, that's when we sort of start the new cycle. Mm -hmm. It's connected with so many things, but where are we in that cycle? Are we sort of uh, at the end now or in the middle or uh, because I know it seems like then we've come quite far. The HO Aquarius yeah. seems like to be very advanced. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Here is the procession. And there's a beautiful book by Swami Sayuteswar, who was Paramus. Paramahansa Yogananda's guru, and he was a Vedic astrologer. And he wrote a book called The Science of Light. And he talks about this processional cycle. And it is said by the great seers that handed down uh, Vedic astrology, actually one of the greatest seers was called Parashra. And Parashra is the system that I use. Parashra is the one of the seven seers who handed down um, through oral tradition, astrology. But what, what Swami Sayuteswar said, and all of the seers, they say that the darkest age of all was 2,000 years ago. That was the darkest uh, age. And with the processional cycle being 26,000 years in duration, they say the halfway point is where we come to the most evolved, evolvement on planet Earth. And actually what's very interesting, they say that the closer that our galaxy gets to the galactic center, that is where we get closest to God consciousness. And that actually is in the processional cycle, it would be halfway. So it's 13,000 years from the darkest place, which was 2000 years ago. So basically, the place of coming to the highest light or conscious awareness on planet Earth will be approximately in about 10 to 11,000 years from now, the halfway point. Because remember, everything's cyclic in a circle. So if we start from 2,000 years ago as being the darkest, then we come up to the halfway point of that, which actually was the age of Aries. So it's going to be the age of Libra, pretty much, that we go to the the place of the most consciousness. And then it starts to evolve and move back, back towards the dark, the dark times. So it is a whole cycle of awareness and consciousness. So that was a very uh, excellent and astute question you asked as to when the highest level of consciousness is on planet Earth, and it is relative to the processional cycle. That's highly interesting. And I'm also curious that the sort of the top is 13,000 years and then we start descending again. And I'm like, what's the purpose of descending again? But maybe it's part of, you know, that the universe is breathing in and yeah. out and in and out. And it will, the dark ages, this is just, you know, I'm just uh, uh, philosophizing now. Maybe the dark ages won't be as dark that sort of we are evolving all the time, but it's sort of a, um, like this, a spiral, you know, that. Yeah. 
become more and more conscious, even the, though the great, the great seers always said that planet Earth is where we can evolve spiritually the quickest because mm -hmm. it's the hardest place to be. And that's the whole purpose. And maybe it's like we want to evolve during times when it's not so it's not so easy to be here because that gives us the greatest capacity to grow on a spiritual level. Wow, makes so much sense. All right, I would love to hear about what's to come. Um, but first, how solid is a prediction, you would say? You know, how much can we trust uh, a Vedic uh, astrological prediction? Well, are you talking about for world prediction or personal prediction? But, you know, really they're one in the same, I guess I might say. Uh, if one is able to read the stars, they can read the future. The stars are the, are the point where we are given the truth. And so this is, our, this is our maps, whether it's a personal map or looking at the heavens and seeing the maps of where the stars are, where the planets are relative in relationship to the star groupings. Because as the planets pass through these star groupings, the star groupings actually equate to the signs. So if we look up sidereally right now as we're speaking, Jupiter just transited into the sign of Aries, where Jupiter stays in a sign per year. So it's in the sign of Aries right now. So 12 years ago, it was in Aries. And I think it was around, actually looking back around 2011, when Jupiter was last in Aries. But as the planets move through these star groupings, that gives them meanings. And of course, there's never going to be an exact picture of the heavens, but it's like a blueprint in the sky where the planets are, everything's, maybe Jupiter's been in Aries before, but not when the moon is here, not when Venus is there, not when Mars is there. It is a beautiful map to look at the heavens and be able to read them gives us the information, really, they say for guidance, whether we're looking at world prediction or our personal charts for prediction. It's like made, a chart is where all the planets were exactly for your time, day, place, and year of birth. And then as the planets continue to evolve and move, they're continually moving through the sectors of your chart that are set in place from your time, day, year, place of birth. So we call these transits. And as the transits affect the natal positions of the placements where you were born, we can make predictions. But the Vedic system even has techniques called the dashas. And the dashas truly give you the blueprint of when certain things are meant to happen in your life. The timing, such as when is the time that you would get married? When is the timing of when you would have a child? When is the timing that... I'd love to know. <laughs> all of that. But it does give you the big picture. And then the transiting planets give you the hits that are going to be happening specifically from, you know, from each year to year i mean it's a very precise wow. system but may i throw in is it still the 75 percent and the 25 percent that you said 25 percent is still free will so it means that 
the prediction can be 75%, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, you might see a really uh, difficult time coming, but because you can see it ahead of time, you, of course, can make arrangements to avoid it, to avert it. Now, will you? 25% of the time, yes. 75% of the time, maybe not. I mean, I remember I told this one client to stay home. The chart looked really, really difficult for traveling, getting out. So I met with him the year after. And he said, I stayed home from work. I called in sick. I stayed home. I worked, I worked at my desk. And my chair broke and I fell to the ground and hurt my back. I was like, could that be avoided? <laughs> he tried, did everything to avoid it. And then other times in my own life, I know, for example, when Mercury goes retrograde on that day, it's stations, everything kind of changes. That's not the day you want to be traveling because right. everything goes haywire. And I'm not saying anything catastrophic. I'm just saying you'll have delays, miscommunications, um, mechanicals on the airplane. So I used to be a flight attendant for many years. And I'll never forget, I would look, you know, I couldn't call in sick every time Mercury went retrograde, right? So I knew and I prepared. I brought all sorts of reading material. I knew we were going to be grounded. I knew all this stuff was going to happen. And I'd tell my crew in the morning, I said, you know, look out. Today we're going to have all sorts of delays and and um, mechanicals. We're going to be grounded somewhere. And they just looked at me and rolled their eyes and walked away. Okay, when it happened, they're running back to me going, how long is this going to last? What, you know, what, what's going on? And I said, you know, it's it's pretty bad. And I remember one of those times we were grounded for eight hours because of snow. And I had all of my computer equipment, everything. I edited my old book, my entire book that I was working on at the time. It was like I used that to my advantage. Everyone else was freaking out. They had nothing to do and they were worrying every, from one minute to the next. I was completely happy, knew it was going to happen, was totally prepared and made use of that. I, I really see the value in it. And uh, it's got to be a bit, you know, good for you to feel like when they're first, like perhaps being skeptical towards what you're saying or ridiculing. And then you're like, OK, what did I say? And they're coming to you like, what's going to happen next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a great advantage. And I do believe you can avert things by knowing this, even when you see times are going to be difficult, especially you could see a time when your health could be uh, compromised. What do you do? You beef up your immune system before it happens. You do what's necessary to avert it, lessen the severity. And I believe this works. This is how I work with our free will. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can also see it energetically. I think that, okay, uh, for those who are seeing and seers, that they can see energy and see that, okay, this can evolve into a disease if you don't change because they actually see that the energy is like clumping itself together or right. you know, in different ways. So, so yeah. And to me to have predictions that have really helped me have hope, for instance, uh, dare to go for my dreams more, um, dare to, yeah, take chances because mm -hmm. I've seen that, uh, when I've, 
had predictions that, okay, this is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it gives me the, the urge to go for it more. Right. So that has really helped me. It raised my frequency, basically. Yeah. Well, you know, I like, uh, let me put this in perspective too. When, when I see a relationship coming in someone's chart, and I can definitely see that there, you know, like when Jupiter is aspecting the seventh house, a ruler of the seventh house, uh, the dark Haraka, I could go on and on. But when I see all of this, it's kind of like it all comes together at the same time. So I know there's a relationship coming, but their chart says that they have terrible, terrible relationships in the past. And so they get kind of afraid. So I say during this time, before this prediction is going to happen, I want you to work on yourself in how you relate. And most people would equate that to reading all the books on relationships. How do I change relationships? But essentially, here's what I tell everyone. Relationships are simply a relationship with yourself. And what I mean by that is if you learn to love yourself, if you learn to come to terms with all the things that maybe you, you've been critical about yourself, you didn't feel like you were lovable. And, and if you've come from situations in your past where you felt unloved, you're, you know, from maybe your parents, your mother, things of that nature, if you have any of these instances of feeling not worthy of love, that's what I'm talking about. You have to work on and change to come from a place of loving the self, feeling and letting go of all those past hurts and, and trials and tribulations. Because when you come to this place where you completely feel in gratitude for everything you are and love yourself, then that means when that relationship does come, it's not going to be the sick, tormented relationships you attracted before. You will have healed your issue and your karma of relationships. And therefore, now is the time you're going to have a healing, healthy relationship because you did the work that was required to change the karmic issue of all the past lives that surmised to this representation of you always getting into a dysfunctional relationship because now you've changed yourself. Because what are relationships? A mirror image of ourselves. Believe it or not, you may not believe that when you get in sick relationships, but if you change you, you're going to change what's being reflected and that's going to change your opportunities and heal all the past problems that you had in relationships. And yes, everyone deserves to have a loving, healing, whole and happy relationship, but that starts with you loving and making yourself whole. When we do this, that heals the karma. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. Beautiful message to all of us uh, there, Jondi. Beautiful. And now before, I know you, you're you having a class soon, and now I just saw 22 again. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So could you share with us what do you see uh, in the sky? Um, can you say anything about the rest of the year? So we're in 2023 right now. It's uh, currently May. Uh, what do you see happening uh, the rest of the year on the, um, uh, in the world? And I'm especially curious about the war uh, situation in uh, Ukraine. Yes. 
Yes. So everything is opening. There is going to be a huge transition this year, 2023. And believe it or not, I do see good things for 2024. But 2023 is the uncovering of all of the corruption that's been going on around the world. Politically, right now, as we're speaking, we're in the eclipse season. And I look at the eclipses as the most powerful predictive tool we have as astrologers. Because what is an eclipse? It's the darkening of the light, whether it's the sun or the moon. We just had a solar eclipse. In a few days, we have a lunar eclipse. So every time you have the eclipse season and you're in between the solar and the lunar, I call that eclipse season. And eclipses, what are they? The darkening of the light. So in the darkness, I always see where something comes out of the darkness. We have this revelation of things we didn't know about from the past. And yes, this does go individually in our own in our own lives that things will come from the past that we didn't know about. And this gives us the opportunity to heal. And this is going on for the planet. It's happening sidereally, this eclipse, this lunar eclipse. The, the solar eclipse happened in Aries. And now the lunar eclipse is happening in Libra. And Libra is the sign of relationships. So things are coming out about our relationships we didn't know. But what comes out of that is a healing. But looking at between this eclipse season and the next eclipse season in October, I am seeing so much uncovering. What's happening right now is Jupiter and the North Node, which we call Rahu, are coming together. They will be together the end of May, the very, very last few days of May, the very first day of June. And you're going to see some amazing events of truth, realization of the things we didn't know about. And if you think we know about all the corruption that's been going on the world, think again, it's all going to come out. And from the truth coming out, I always believe you can heal things once you know what's wrong and the truth is coming out. We're going to know what's wrong. Our world is going through a healing and this is going to affect every country. And yes, even the war, the whole thing with the COVID stuff that came out. I don't know if I can say that word, but, but that had a big change on our world. And, you know, look, we're, we're, there's so much going on that the world is changing. And it all started, let me just say a couple of years ago, that the real, real essence of truth finding is coming out and the transformation is taking place right now. Yes, we got to go through the fire to get to the other side. So the rest of this year will not be easy, but I'm looking at a new hope, a new awareness, politically and globally for the world. And we have to go through this to get there. Well, I guess what I'm afraid of, you know, is World War, War III, uh, where the war is he headed. Uh, can you say anything about if it's... Yeah, you said something about that it's going to be worse before it gets better. Yeah, it's going to be worse before it gets better. Um, I don't think it's going to essentially be in a World War III. So, you know... I think here's what I always believe, and I know you do too. I believe the good always overcomes the bad. 
And I believe this darkness that's being exposed is going to be overcome by the light. It always is. Even though some things may be horrendous and we go through, I mean, World War II was just horrendous. Um, things are going to change. And I don't think, I don't think we're ever going to go through anything quite that catastrophic again. We have grown in such awareness and consciousness that the light is always going to oversee the dark. And from, from the past history, there's been a lot more awareness. Now, if there is going to be world war, it's not going to be bombs and, and what you think. It's going to be more about cyber world war because that's where we are now. And that that's exactly, we're in the middle of it, if you want to say that right now, because we have to be so careful what we say because everything is censored and everything is, you know, the media. The media is the most powerful force in the world right now. And that's what's going on. So I think there's going to be major strides in healing all of these issues that are really and truly going to be at a peak this summer and especially the next eclipse in October. And then by the end of the year and by the time we get to this time next year, you'll see a different world. That's what I can tell you. All right. And a better world? I think so. Yes. Wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. You know, what has really helped me when I've been afraid of, well, what if the darkness wins, you know, uh, like you said, light always wins. And it was just someone who said it in an interview. Well, you come into, into a dark room and you lit a candlelight. What happens? Exactly. I mean, it lights up. And I was like, yes, the light. That's exactly a, the perfect analogy for this. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you so much, Joni. I mean, your knowledge is vast within this. I'm just so impressed by everything you know. Uh, and clearly, this is your thing. You're so on purpose. Thank you so much for what you're doing uh, with your work, with your YouTube channel, sharing uh, this important knowledge and wisdom to the world. And thank you so much for being here today, sharing as well. Thank you. Well, I wanted to add one more thing that uh, I think everyone should know, because I love this so much, and I love coming together with people in person. I mean, everything has been, you know, on, on YouTube, has been on video, Zoom and all this, all our classes. I'm having a conference and I chose the time when Jupiter conjuncts Rahu, which is a big event, June 2nd through the 5th in my hometown, Dallas. And I have some of the most amazing speakers in Vedic astrology coming together. We're going to be giving classes, predictions, and most of all, teaching others how to do this amazing art of Vedic astrology. So I wanted to give that plug because it's a really big deal that I'm bringing everyone together in this format. And I hope people uh, will want to come. And also, I want to also tell everybody, I do have a school all online called University of Vedic Astrology. If any of this is of great interest to anyone, check out my, my school, which is my website is universityofvedicastrology.com. And before I leave you, what is the deeper meaning of life in your perspective? The deeper meaning of life is to understand who we really are. And who we really are is 
the essence of the divine, if you want to call it God, God consciousness, the higher power, we are all that power. And we are all one because we're all connected to that divinity of our divinity of being the God. And when we realize that, when we realize who we really, really are, that we are that, then we realize our power. And then we transcend all of the desires and the things of this world to the much higher power. And that is that we're all here to help everyone realize the essence of who we are and that is the divine essence of god consciousness thank you so much johnny thank you it's been my pleasure always a pleasure to be with you yonica you're an amazing soul and i love the work that you're you are doing to bring all this awareness to everyone globally around the world so thank you hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.